Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that has a couple of things to discuss. Just a just a scooch. I'm Alex. When you dwell in darkness for as long as we do, it's hard to remember that the sun's coming out for some people these days, and boy, does it feel warm on our weathered Riverdale pepped up faces. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. Go fuck yourself. And we are going to be talking about the season five finale of Riverdale, chapter 95, Riverdale R.I.P.? Question mark? Question mark. Because it's there's an exclamation point there also. Yes. Is what I would like to say. Yeah, well, in the title, there's a question mark, and I think that ties into later on. We're going to talk about Jughead's whole thing with his paper, but... Quick bit of recap here, because lots going on. The town of Riverdale has been unincorporated. Archie has spent pretty much the entire season trying to reincorporate it and save the town through a fire department and a construction company. And I think he was an astronaut and a veterinarian at some point, but I'm not 100% sure. But lots of stuff going on with Archie. Also, the other thing you need to know about Archie is that he and Veronica broke up potentially for good this time until next season when they get back together and then break up again. But whatever. We'll see I, don't know. Oh, I don't know. Man. All right. We'll see what happens. I'm getting, I'm getting ahead of myself. I, like Veronica, 
like Veronica, I'm putting the cart before the horse here. So putting the casino before the, the corporation. I like to <laughs> yes, say. exactly. Speaking of which, Veronica has been working in a company called Pearls and Posh with Reggie and sparking up a little bit of a flirtation there. Reggie yes. was trying to become a licensed stockbroker. We find out the results of that this episode, but they've definitely been getting closer, definitely been working together and definitely are aligned in terms of their interests of moving back to New York until this episode. But this, <laughs> that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. Also, you probably know about this guy, Hiram Lodge, Veronica's father. He has been plaguing the town for many years at this point. Uh, he's been torturing people, blowing things up, et cetera, et cetera. We finally deal with that in this episode. He's, Do he's we, been though? slapped. He's been slapped around by a lot of, of teenagers and people <laughs> in their early 20s for the last several years. I mean, listen, we could probably get into this, but if you'd been slapped around by a bunch of teenagers, maybe you'd want to blow them up, too. I'm just saying. What? Wow. That's a strong, you strong choice. That. Strong choice for Alex to come Hashtag out on Hiram. With Hiram. <laughs> I stand with Hiram. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You, wow, you? that's weird. What is the Twitter actually inform me? That's the opposite of a trending topic right now. Whatever yeah, that is. that's an uh, an undertrend. It's you <laughs> and Wiley Coyote who has the same dynamite maker as Hiram <laughs> in, in this episode. <laughs> So meanwhile, Betty has been dealing with a bunch of things. We actually wrapped up most of her mystery storyline, except for one daggling bit, which is a guy named uh, the Trash Bag Killer, yeah. who likes to wear Pretty trash large. bags and kill yeah, people. Yeah, that's not one little dandling. Well, but they wrapped uh, up the whole Mothman disappearing uh, girls thing that was going on. Uh, as a result, as we find out this episode, she's back with the FBI, so we'll get to that in a second. Um, and the other thing is, earlier in the season, she had a whole friends with benefits situation with Archie going on that he shut down Not because relevant. he didn't feel totally comfortable with it. And then he got back together with Veronica. Speaking of couples, Jughead and Tabitha are officially together. They Ooh. work together at Pops. Uh, Tabitha has taken over the business now that Pop is retired. We find out more about that as well this episode. <laughs> Cheryl, meanwhile, started oh, a ministry, continued a ministry uh, that was worshiping Gaia. Took over Gaia, a ministry. Took over a ministry worshiping Gaia while she was mining palladium underneath the Blossom Farms with her young ward, Britta, who is a fellow redhead. That's probably the connection there. Uh, but she was taking care of Britta, mm-hmm. who was gifted to her by Tony and Fangs, who are now in a relationship. Gifted? <laughs> Just I mean, gifting kids. <laughs> Alex, <laughs> I don't know, think that's man. how it works, man. I mean, it's was there any you got two kids. <laughs> It's hard to re-gift a kid, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. I yeah. bet. But Britta is living with her and Nana Rose. We don't exactly know where Penelope is. Probably in the wall somewhere, let's be honest. And surprisingly, fingers crossed. uh, As I mentioned, Tony and Fags are together. They are raising baby Anthony and also running the serpents together, at least until this episode changes things. So lots of stuff to talk about going into this episode here. But I want to start off with the big dangling cliffhanger that everybody is buzzing about today. Everybody is talking about this. Where's Toffee? We don't find out in the episode. We don't find out what's going on with Toffee the cat. We get no resolution there. It's a huge cliffhanger. And right at the end of the episode, that's where we're left is still wondering where Toffee is. So Pete, how are you feeling about this massive cliffhanger going into season six? Um, Well, it continues to be something that uh, is driving everyone crazy. All we need is just some kind of acknowledgement that Toffee is somewhere 
and is alive. It could really just be a two-second thing. It, it doesn't have to be so huge. But it would be nice to kind of just kind of be able to relax again about that for sure. Well, let me say, uh, obviously, I've my main theory has been um, that Toffee's in a uh, cat briefcase, um, yeah. uh, an, an invention I've been working on. Which is all uh, horrible, season. And just to horrible clarify, way to treat the cat. cat briefcase, there is a slot to briefcase. put ham in there for the cat or there is not? There's there are two models. There's the one with the ham slot. It does cost a little more. Sure, wow. it does cost a little more. Uh, but uh, as I've said, the cat is, rests in the middle, and the front end of the briefcase is food for the cat to eat, and the backside is you a have, litter box for the cat to poop. Have you ever it, it's owned a, perfect, a cat? Um, yeah, I mean, how can you really own a cat? Wow. Pete? Yeah, you can own a child and gift them, but not a cat. <laughs> not a cat. <laughs> cats are, walk in and out of your lives. should not be designing things for a cat, my friend. Cats walk in and out of your lives and in and out of their tiny little briefcase homes <laughs> that they love so much. Because, you know, cats, much like goldfish, only grow to the size of their briefcase. That's so not, you can, that's not that's a, a really thing. good that's, science fact. It's not a good huh. here's, here's But I, I have a new theory. Yes. I hope somebody Coffee. sues you over this. So, how? In what way? Well, not until makers of cat briefcases, when they find out this bit you're doing, are going to Do be think so upset. <laughs> I have so many questions about that. You think there's a company already making these? A. That B. Listening <laughs> to our you, podcast. Being like, hey, this guy's ripping off our cat briefcase idea without giving us any credit. The Cat Briefcase Corporation. Or are you saying there's a young entrepreneur watching this, uh, listening to this, who's like, ooh, cat briefcase. I'm going to take this psychopath's idea and make it real. But no, I have a new theory. Okay. Toffee. We've seen exactly where Toffee is. It's a trash bag killer. TBK. Toffee be killing. Oh, Oh, man. It was there the whole time. Season six, baby. Of course, Toffee's going to be mad at Betty because of the whole the whole br- cat briefcase thing that she did with Glenn. Glenn has that the cat briefcase. That explains why TBK kept calling her Pretty Betty because that's yeah. exactly how a cat would. Pretty kitty. Yeah. Pretty, yeah, we're going to yeah. see that leather mask come off, and there's just going to be a full cat <laughs> in, the, in the place a of the head. Cat the head. A whole cat, like a not whole a cat, just a cat's head. No, the full cat. Wow. No, the whole cat. That's what I'm crazy. saying. The full cat. Great. Now we got that out of the way. Let's actually talk about season five as a whole before we go into individual parts of the episode. Just uh, what did you think? Where what do you think about the season as a whole? Obviously, they were dealing with a lot of stuff in terms of covid and shifting schedules. So it's tough to judge it because you had those three episodes at the beginning of the season that were finishing up season four. But at the very least, starting with Purgatory, the kickoff of Archie returning home, the time jump, going through this final episode here. What did you think about the story they were telling, and how do you think it ranks up versus other seasons? Justin? I really like this season. I feel like this season did a lot. Um, other seasons have been great, but this one I feel like put the, all the characters through the ringer, uh, but was able what? to bookend the book. Like, every character went through so much. That happens every season. What are you talking about? But the I think it was much more. Were very relaxing. Go ahead, Justin. Yeah, exactly. Like a slipping into a warm tub of oh the, my God. the Gargoyle King season. No, but I think 
this one was much more even-handed with it. It's like, okay, all these characters are going to be going through all this stuff. We had the addition of characters like Tabitha, uh, who I think is a great, uh, great addition to the show. I really loved everything she's been doing. And the fact that they went through so much, but the like I was saying, the bookends of Archie trying to save Riverdale, we get the other side of it here in this episode. And I think it's great. Um, it was a great way to bring all the themes together. And let me say, at over the course of uh, the season, I said, I would love, I think Jughead and Tabitha are a great couple. I think um, Reggie and Veronica are a great couple. And I think Barchi's going to be strong here at the end. And I'll tell you what, those I wasted my That's whole three genies. That's why you the season, you I wasted That's all the th- only reason. I wasted all three of my genie wishes on those three ships and <laughs> worth every wish penny. That's the that's the reason. All right. As someone who wasn't just striking gold with this season, I would like to talk about I think this is a great uh, season of television, classic kind of Riverdale uh, all over the place. Emotionally, so many twists and turns, a lot of crazy fun stuff. The whole Mothman thing, everything kind of came to uh, uh, fruition a little bit So that was great We got a lot of clarity on that But relationship wise It was a dumpster fire It was just a <laughs> lot of misses We're in some horrible places right now uh, We're going through so much uh, You know in the real world And then to have our show uh, Be kicking us in the nuts <laughs> Is really tough It's tough to live through I appreciated this season which i know sounds like faint praise but i know mm. a lot of people turned against it because i think they were trying different things like pete saying they shook up many of the main couples you didn't get bughead varchi went through a bunch of different iterations shoni separated the entire time so from yeah, those fully. At those main ships kevin yeah, and fangs i mean yeah uh, yeah, them too. Uh, and I, regardless, <laughs> my point being that I, I think, like Pete's saying, it was rough on a lot of people who look at the at least those things as a comfort show for them. But from a TV perspective, I appreciate when shows try things. And what they were digging yeah. into here was the ships were nowhere near as important as the trauma that all the characters were going through, whether it was just the simple trauma of growing up, like Jughead talks about at the top of the episode, or literal trauma like being thrown in a hole by a serial killer. But they were much more interested in the psychological effects on the characters. That allows them to grow. That allows them potentially to change and go to new places. And again, I appreciate that. I like that they did that. And it's not to say that the the original ships um, are not are going away like they could easily mm-hmm. come back. But I think the lesson of this season for these characters is like we've gone through some stuff and we're different now. Like the Archie Veronica thing, like they both wanted that relationship to work and they just realized very quickly, <laughs> too, too quickly, and perhaps uh, it, it, morning it, walking to the bathroom realization. Yeah. Well, again, exactly. that's Uncle Frank's fault. Anybody yeah. would see Uncle Frank in the shower, you'd be like, nope, I'm out of this relationship. Which Come makes on, me worry exactly. about Alice. More Uncle Frank in the shower. He's more bear now than man, but <laughs> a bear is the exact kind of relationship that I think Alice can really sink her teeth into. Mm, mm, rather than the bear sinking its that teeth was, into That her. was a nice yeah. Alice being like, what are, you, what are you saying, Frank? You know, I was like, yeah. oh, so yeah. if we're going to jump uh, yo, over to that, that is on. And I think yeah, there's a lot is... of different things that we need to talk about with this episode uh, to call out that in particular as a phallus chipper, love phallus. I still think there's a there's Perfect. a part of me. Yeah, this is uh, this is another phallus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> phallus. It's phallus. It's, it's very close. It's just an extra letter uh, or Alank. 
<laughs> I do like that. A lank ank 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 ank. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I'm a ank. ank. I'm like an anky doodle day. <laughs> what is happening? Regardless, there's still a part of me that thinks FP is going to pull up in the series finale on his motorcycle, throw out his gum, and be like, Alice, get on the back. We're going for a ride. You know? But I mean, wow. yes. Yes. But at the same time, I thought the way that Al- Frank was like, hey, I hope you're doing okay. What are you doing? Are you getting out of the house? And she's like, you got any ideas? And Frank was like, yes. True, full. Full uh, wolf head on Frank, <laughs> uh, animated wolf head. But I also think this episode was all about like like flirty glances. There was mm-hmm. a million of them through all different characters, d- detailing exactly where we were headed at, from the beginning to the end of this episode. Why don't we, before we jump into ships, because I'm sure that's where most of the uh, argument is going to be. Why don't we talk about the overall argument? plot? Because the big thing here is about. The reincorporation of Riverdale. It's about finally dealing with Hiram after uh, he was only on the show for four seasons, but really five seasons because he was this thing in the background for season one. So what did you think about the resolution here? What did you think about how they dealt with Hiram, how they dealt with reincorporation with Hiram? Yeah, that's no resolution. He's back to being the Hiram. He's gone. He's not gone. No, he 100% is. No, he's not. He literally blew up Archie's Mm -hmm. house. So here's the deal. I did confirm this with the CW at WB. Marco Tzuelos has left the show as a series regular. Obviously, he does die at the end, so there's still a possibility for him to return somewhere down the road. Oh, he's coming back. But he's done. He's done with the show. And I think, you know, to read between the lines, we talked about this a little bit. He was, like everybody else, trapped in Vancouver for almost a solid year filming Riverdale um, and missed his family. He wants to spend time with his kids. He wants to spend time with his wife. I totally get it. Uh, yeah, that's and, why he got his kid cast as young him. He was like, can I see my son? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, he he has gone from the show. He's not going to be at the very least at the beginning of season six. Again, there's always the possibility of him coming back for a guest star turn at some point, but he is not the big yes. bad of the show anymore. Yes, Pete, you have a question. You could just. Yes. Yeah. So my, my question is, if he's no longer a part of it, like you think Archie and Betty, like if they survived, uh, nice, the explosion. No, they're definitely they're dead. You saw yep. the smoke and the fire. At the but end. nobody's going to try to avenge bones. Archie right. bones, like literal bones. Uh, okay, great. Uh, you don't think anyone's going to try to avenge their death or anyone's going to look into that or try to track down Hiram? You're acting like Hiram no longer exists in the show, but he just literally blew up a house. You know what I mean? People are that, going to be curious was, about that. And this comes from an interview with Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa that he did with Deadline, but that was his parting shot. Like, that was his last thing. They felt like he had already blown up the mine. He blew up... Uh, what else did he blow up? The school, I assume? Or Pops. He's, Pops. He's, yeah. Pops. He's going uh, up that a they lot felt of stuff. Like, yeah, they want to do one more explosion just to kind of round it out. And that was it. That was his last thing he did before he left town forever. Well, and I think we talked about this a little bit uh, running out the season in the last few episodes that like every, Hiram has been depowered a lot over the course of the season. Like everyone called him a little bitch like multiple times to the point where I was like, this is a, a nickname. They're trying to make this yeah. his nickname, uh, LB, um, HLB. So I do think that uh, we could see this maybe coming a little bit. And the way that they dealt with it, I thought was cool to exile him and to bring to have the evidence of him killing his father's killer 
as uh, the the thing that finally caught him, I thought was great. And because when he turns and walks away and his absolutely jacked ass is just walking into the shadows, I think that's the last. <laughs> well, he'll he did be the back turn to back to be like, are you guys checking this out or what? I, I have well, to turn around and just check with you to make sure everybody's looking. No, he was turning back to be like, you see this thing? Yeah, I'm that's doing, what I'm saying. I, He's like, are you checking this out? Yeah. Check this out. And everyone was like, oh, we're, your we'll ass is the big threat here. And they a salute to be like, yeah, we see it. <laughs> Just quick sidebar off of the serious topic of Hiram. Everyone having their weapons and slowly cocking them. I was like, what? This is a cartoon. Uh, Cheryl, Cheryl her, drawn her ball. Oh, I love yeah. that. I love that It was moment, so though. funny. It was great. Like the whole thing was over the top and cartoony, but that's what we talked about with Hiram's plot. Like he has been a cartoon villain trying to mine uh, under the blossom farm, steal everybody's land, blow up the town. Like it's very soap opera, but it's also very cartoony down to, as you called out earlier, Justin, the bomb that he leaves under Archie's bed is straight up from the Acme corporation. And I think that's okay. I, Honestly, and I know we're sort of in the minority here, but I really enjoyed Mark Consuelos on the show. I thought Hiram was a lot of fun as a villain. He was clearly having a good time. And like you've been pointing out, they built up really well that this was his final season. Like, that's something that I do think was foreshadowed very heavily, like you're talking about, with the different moments, with depowering him, with knocking him down peg by peg, but also just with the flashback episode – giving us sympathy and explanation for him before he left the show, before he exited. So I, I just, it, it was nicely structured. Go ahead. I just yeah. feel, I disagree. I feel like the thing to do would to have him enjoy his butt shot, walk out and that be it. And to leave us like, Oh, what's going to happen? But instead you walk out and then there's a shot of him in an evil lair, watching a countdown being like, I'm still Hiram. You can't stop me. Just Blown to clarify, shit up. His evil lair was an automobile. I right. mean, a mobile, a mobile lair is just very exactly. smart, especially when you're exiled. But he it's got like, a car yeah. from somewhere. Nobody like took his spare evil car. Like mm-hmm. he got that. So like, I, I was a little confused. It seemed like, hi, you can't kill me. I'll never stop being the evil person. Whereas if you did the butt walk shot, like I would have been like, okay, great. This is his kind of closure. Well, I honestly that like sense. that because apparently they did consider some versions where he died. One of the versions apparently was... They go into the woods at Swedlow Swamp. You hear a bang, just like back in the Lodge Lodge episode from season two, I think. Oh, yeah. Archie mm-hmm. walks out of the woods alone, and you're left wondering exactly what happened there, but kind of knowing that Hiram got killed. Another one that was way crazier is they considered apparently entombing him in cement that Veronica and Archie would take wow. wet cement and pour it over him, and that's how he'd die. Nice. The but old cement style. Yeah. I, I always think it's a better choice to leave the characters alive. Like, yes. it, it gives you more possibilities. It leaves it open for him to return at some point when it's important. Yo, how awesome would it have been if they did this cement thing and they're like, wait, he's still alive. Let's go uninter him. And they open the cement block and it's just him. Like, fro- <laughs> uh, uh, the outline of him frozen there because he somehow got out of uh, a hard cool. cement block. Um, but to all the stuff you're saying, like I, th- there was a great moment. Well, there are a bunch of great moments in the whole Hiram thing. Of course he paid like the craziest looking ghoulie to go and bl- burn down pops. <laughs> like, and it's easily very quickly tracks back to him. He doesn't care. He's like, yeah, I did it. That's, mm-hmm. that's me. Um, the, the moment when Archie kicks in the door, why, first off, why is Archie there with, uh, Sheriff Keller and Betty, Betty 
very light idea of why she's there because she's the FBI now. But Archie, <laughs> they're just like, Archie, you better come too. You hate him the most. I love that the FBI, though, is basically carte blanche to do whatever. Like, there's no no boundaries for her job at all at this point. None. It's an unincorporated town. It's like the rules of the sea apply to Riverdale. Pretty much. Um, but Archie kicks the door, and there's, like, a little dust that flies off. I thought it was very cool. Knocks the glass out of his hand. It was just very badass. Again, the power shifting pretty strongly here. And... Uh, they bust him. It looks like they're going to kill him. The Veronica and Archie are like, hey, let's just have the, our la- this be our last thing. Let's go kill him. That uh, scene. Can we talk about that scene in the truck? Yeah. Because yeah. that was so dark. I could not yes. believe that they took the characters there. I, I don't know 100% if I feel like, okay, Archie and Veronica got to a place. Like, I don't know if Archie got to a place where he's like, yeah, let's kill him. Let's do it. Let's kill Hiram. Veronica, though... Like we've been talking about, and Pete, I think you've been on the, this is Pete's beat. Veronica really has, I don't know if she's full on villain, but like she's on the cusp of something here. And that speech that she gives to Archie, where she basically, it doesn't convince him, but certainly like comes around to, yeah, we got to kill my dad. Sorry. I've already killed my husband. Now I got to kill my dad. Like yes. she's made a turn. Is the Black like. Widow. Mm-hmm. And let's put a pin in that where we talk about um, what we our predictions for season six. Uh, but I also love in that scene, Reggie comes in the pouring rain. He's like, hey, I got, some com- I got some computer stuff I want to show you. It's like, Reggie, <laughs> get out of the rain. Yeah. <laughs> Stop holding that USB flash drive up into the rain. Yeah. Put it in a plastic well, Reggie's bag. out in the rain. I, that was so. He's like, um, and Veronica was like, uh, Reggie, we're in the middle of a villain monologue here, where we're deciding if we're gonna kill my father. Even though we've kind of been doing that the whole time, and this isn't changed. We thought like, oh, he's gone too far. Then we've tried this, but I mean, realistically, why don't we just, you know, throw him in some kind of jail or something? Jeez. But when they when they in that final scene where he fully walks away. Um, there was a, for a funny moment where uh, Hiram's like, hey, where'd you get that, Reggie? He's like, yep, me. Yeah. Big, big old Reg. <laughs> Reg did this. That was a funny, funny, just like, yeah, completely admitting it. But I just feel that, like, it was weird that Tony was like, hey, Veronica, if you don't do this your way, the serpents are going to handle that. And they're like, okay, cool. Uh, real quick, though, let's all just meet for an exile, you know? And then it was like, yeah. well... Here, here's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to slam the serpents too much, but hashtag I'm with ghoulies because they what? are. Wow. I'm sorry, they're right about the serpents. They're driving Wait, trucks. Ghoulies are part cannibal, dude. You can't. So is Alex. First of all, respect. Alex full cannibal. Respect. Yeah, well. Respect to the ghoulies for doing what they love. Oh. <laughs> eating, eating <laughs> a human, eating humans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but if you love what you do and it's eating human, you'll never work a day in your life. You the entire hold. episode, though, the Tony and Fags are like, "No, the serpents are badass. We are the yeah. toughest gag in town." And the ghoulies are like, "No, all you do is drive trucks and have babies." And they're like, "Yo, no, we're tough. We're gonna tell Archie and Veronica how tough we are." And Archie's like, "Great, get some signatures from around town." And they're like, yeah. "Okay, we're on it." And then they get the signatures and like, oh, "We really haven't been able to convince people with our tough gag uh, to reincorporate the town." And then by the end, they're like, "We're gonna do something even tougher. We're gonna raise a baby to be our king." <laughs> It, I, I thought that was yes I agree with you they are not tough unless they were really strutting around when they were getting canvassing for those signatures like oh, truly sure just like bang, 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 bang. 
You know what I mean? Like, well, really? I understand the wrestling that? with that. Like, this is... No, I'm I sorry, what? what just happened? That was very just accurate. Like, to what they like if someone was just shredding on a guitar when they would stop by people's houses for signatures, just like mm-hmm. really badass stuff. So let me just see if I got this right. So maybe they have like a flatbed truck where you got like a huge bunch of speakers and then someone on a guitar and then they're just kind of going house to house, you know? Yeah. Like you got Kevin Keller on the front of a truck, uh, Mad Max style, just like Tied. shredding on a guitar. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> he wants to go back to Broadway. I think well, this is a good role for him. That's the thing that I'm surprised that no that we haven't talked about. The huge thing in this episode is Kevin's leaving. Guys, Kevin's leaving. Liberty. I don't know what's going on there because I first of all I don't think Kevin is leaving. Otherwise, it Casey seems Cobb, like Kevin's leaving. Everybody, Casey Cobb. <laughs> it's weird to me that you're like Kevin's definitely leaving, and you're also like Hiram's definitely not leaving. <laughs> when it's actually the opposite thing. Uh, yeah. I, Casey Cobb hasn't made any sort of announcement about leaving. I do think he has been on set, if I remember correctly, for season six, uh, but. I don't know. There's two possibilities here. Either he leaves during the break and comes back and is like, well, that didn't work out again. Or uh-huh. alternately, this is actually weirdly tying into the Katie Keene timeline, even though I think people yes. would be like, wait a second. That was five years. This is seven it's years. Seven. Time doesn't matter. In Riverdale, yeah. it's five. Time so it could matter. be that as well. Well, I think uh, maybe a way that they'll do it is I would like to see Kevin go to New York and maybe find some success. And then he yeah. can come in the same way that time doesn't matter. He can come back to town and have something that he's doing. Mm-hmm. It would really play into him doing more music stuff, like sort of how Josie um, sort of came back for her episode. If he comes back in a more permanent way with uh, a career going, he could put on a show there. We could see just some some more of that theatricality stuff built around him, I think would be fun. He starts um, a studio and then Archie can get back into his musical career. You know what I mean? 100%. Archie is, um, has a lot of free time, despite the fact that he says in this episode he's reopening the construction business, yeah. uh, which, which is going to go well with his Royale? mining business. Uh, along with the firefighting, and yep. he's sort of mayor uh, emeritus in some ways. Sure. Uh, it seems like because he started the meeting and he was like, listen, there's going to be a mailer. It's not me, everybody. I know everybody keeps thinking it's going to be me, but it's going to be these four other people. I was actually kind of bummed that they didn't go for Mayor Tony Topaz because that was a great yeah. moment when Archie presented to her. I do understand yeah, she doesn't have the bad width, which is completely reasonable and logical. She's but. a serpent. I love that she used that phrase, too. I'm a little bit uh, bandwidth negative right now. I've got to <laughs> circle back with the rest of my serpents. Um, yeah, and, we'll but definitely, back. let's we'll follow up. Yeah, we'll look back. But that, to me, would have really brought to bear a lot of the themes of the season because we started with Tony being the only person who has been holding Riverdale together while everybody yeah. was gone for seven years. To to have her take this position, I thought, would have been really wonderful. The way it worked out, again, more logical, makes more sense. I do like this Council of Four thing. I think that's pretty cool. And that was a nice, and I'm glad she was included in it. Uh, but at the same time, Straight there was a moment. Man. When Archie was like, they are Tony Topaz that my heart gave a little beat because I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. that's her emotional arc right there. And then he was like, oh, no. OK, what about you, Fags? No, yeah. Baby, yeah. Anybody Anybody else? Anybody else? Baby Anthony, hey, you want to be mayor? Like, like boom let's operator? Make... Yeah, boom <laughs> guy, you want to do it? <laughs> I love, love the idea that the boom operator becomes a character. Yeah, like, hey, guys. I'm mayor? <laughs> huh? All right. All right. I ship. I've been shipping boom Cheryl for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but wait, one more. What, 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 Boom, Chicago. One, 
But boom, Cheryl Chicago. One more thing about Hiram. The moment that I want to say is um, after all that, he's like, I blame Archie. And yeah, you, just see Ver- you just see Veronica go like, come on. We broke up the whole rest <laughs> of the town. It's like, Archie's not doing the- – we're all here. We all have loaded guns in our hand, you crazy person. It's like, we have <laughs> blamed Archie. <laughs> and, and so I thought that was very true to the source material, the comics and everything. And I think it sets up perfectly the last moment where, of course, he blames Archie for all of this in a psychotic way at this point. And yeah. so, of course, he is going to have his final move be this revenge on Archie um, that we don't know exactly what became of it. Yeah. No, they're dead. We already established that. Betty and yeah, Archie yeah. are dead. Oh, right. Uh, yes, yes, I, yes. If we are taking a moment to talk about Hiram, I would like to say that, like, amazing jacked villain, like some really fun oh, storylines. Did we not lines. say that already? Oh, you're talking about yeah. him as all. Well. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And I feel we like we only focused I'm... on his glutes. Now let's talk about the rest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Abs his... also very good. Pax great. I'm just saying that like great villain. So happy he was a part of the show. Brought so much great stuff. Uh, sad to see him go, but I know that he'll be back, especially because we got that last shot of him. Yeah, you hate watching him leave, but you love watching him go. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Well, sometimes you got to stop and turn and just make sure people are kind of checking you out a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, whenever mm-hmm. I leave any room, I always do a stop and turn. Yeah. Uh, just be <laughs> like, hey. Yeah. Hey, you looking? And Anybody then, looking? Anybody? Yeah. Hey, I'm leaving. Yeah. If you want to look over everyone, here. That's when everyone pulls up their bows and arrows and is like, <laughs> go, go out of here. So what should we jump over to next? Maybe we could talk about Jughead. And him restarting the paper. There was also a lot of concern online I saw about renaming the Blue and Gold. But not to get too controversial here, I think Blue and Gold is very tied to Bughead. And Blue and Gold is their colors. Like, No, I really think this is a very strong... I thought you were going to say Booster Gold. Yeah, it's tied into Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. And that doesn't have anything to do with the show. So they were like, that's nonsense. Moving on. No, I I think the blue and gold is very tied to Bughead, and this was a thematic choice to say, no, this is Jughead's thing now. This is not Betty's thing. She's doing the FBI. It's not about the door is always open. I think we've said that, and it it demands repeating as many times as possible that until the show is over, nothing is done relationship wise, regardless of where we are here right now. But I do think Jughead saying, no, we're going to be the free press. We're going to, what does he end up calling it? Like the Riverdale. The choice. The Riverdale the choice. choice. And it's interesting. It, it sets up a conflict here, ultimately, that he lays out where he's saying, no, we're going to tell the truth no matter what, even if it's about our friends, especially then, if it's about our friends. Yeah, and then he has a moment where he takes off his glasses. It's kind of like, fuck me, this is going to be a problem because my <laughs> friends are ridiculous. Well, and he's got the the next generation of uh, the Archie gang working for him, which I thought was cool. Yeah. Um, but I agree with you, Alex. I think everyone is sort of moving to their corners for um, season six. Like we have Jughead is going to be an agitator putting him in conflict with Betty and Archie, which I think they'll be in another corner sort of helping Riverdale move along, working with the council of four dealing with, you know, crimes and whatnot. And then you have uh, Reggie and Veronica on the other side who are going to be light villains. I think, I think they're going to be up to doing their own things. And we see, I think this, these are three great areas I think for these characters to be moving into. And because of their relationships ending where they uh, leaving off where they were, I think it sets up a lot of interesting dynamics for, for season, uh, season six. But we should talk about Tabhead. Tabhead? Yeah. Wow. yeah. What 
Pete, have you come around since the last episode? Or are you now a no shipper? It's not enjoyable, and you know I'm glad that uh, for some reason uh, Jughead was like, "I have a plan, and uh, you're gonna, I'm gonna make you burn down." Uh, this uh, newspaper place um, because I don't want to kind of be involved. I've kind of got a history. So, uh, Tabitha, you probably have a cleaner record. Why don't you throw the Molotov off you? I didn't like any of that. I didn't like... Uh, um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, once they move in together, maybe it'll be a Veronica situation where one, one morning Tabitha will be like, oh, this isn't going to work, you know? That was... So here, I'm pretty positive on Tabitha and Jughead. I think they're pretty cute together. I like them as a couple. I'm excited to see them explored going forward. I also thought in general, the moves with Tabitha here to bring that pop were really strong. I thought that scene was very emotional. Oh, that whole pop thing was unbelievable. That was great. But but there's a bunch of very You could tell he was on vacation because of his shirt. There's a bunch of very weird moves at the same time in this episode with their plot line, not least of which is deciding to Molotov cocktail the Lodge Ledger, a place that probably people work other than yeah. Hiram sitting there and being like, this is my blog. Yeah, uh, I agree. The tab head goes a lot harder than Bughead when they have a don't mission say in front that. of him. You don't know that. That's not. I don't, I'm not saying that as a positive. I mean, it's sort of a negative here. We They're like together. Um, they are like, let's move in together. It's like, that's probably a little fast. Yeah, you've um, been on negative one date at this point. Maybe don't yeah. make plans to move into houses together. A hundred percent. And then they're like, oh, I have a plan that I think will help us solve this newspaper problem. And it's blowing <laughs> it up. Burn it down. Yeah, that's the plan. I, I was we like, plus the fast, though. We got to do it super quick. Plus the fact that they um, throw the Molotov cocktail, the place is burning down, and then they're suddenly making out, which I thought was like, huh, that's uh, maybe a, a weird thing in your relationship um, where you do that. Uh, I also thought it was Are funny you talking that Archie. About, because this is something that jumped out to me that was very reminiscent of the scene where Jughead and Betty burnt down. I'm forgetting what it was, but they burnt on something. They're sitting in the car, they're sipping shakes and watching it, and then they made out. So that called that back, and it felt weird to me. So that's uh, Jughead's kind of kink is what you're saying? Yeah, he's, oh, like, he's a, fire a fire kisser. Fire kisser. Yeah. Yeah. Did the you also like the fact like Veronica's is jewelry store was across the street? Which it feels like she would have mentioned it. I walk or work across the street from my dad and his newspaper at some point. Yeah, but I guess. Not. Hey, I was working like guys. Were you making out and burning down a building across the street? <laughs> it's so funny. I work right near there. Uh, I also thought that Archie texting right then being like, hey, Jughead, are you making out with somebody? Because that's sort of my thing on the show. Don't do that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I think they're in good position for the next season to continue the relationship. I do Let's think moving it together is very weirdly fast, but um, I think that'll break them apart real well, quick. Well, I guess we should just hope that Uncle Frank isn't in their shower; otherwise, Ooh. it's going to go south. Yeah, he's a relationship killer. Mm-hmm. I saw you, him water uh, on my house earlier. Justin, Uh-oh. you raise your eyebrows a little bit about Pop returning. It felt like uh, I think it's a good move. I like having Pop back in the show. Pop I just thought it's it, great. I thought it was very funny that she's like, hey, would you mind coming back? And he's like, sorry, I'm a Jimmy Buffett man now <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. And he's like, one, one thing. It's like, I, I live on Kokomo now? I can't really. Exactly. I'm a human Beach Boys song. Yeah. Um, I'll come back as long as I get to have a cheeseburger in paradise every once in a while. <laughs> uh, no, I like the move bringing him back. I think it's 
it frees up Tabitha, I think, to do more um, Jughead stuff and get involved in some well, more and mischief. hopefully her own stuff as well. I think yeah. like it doesn't all have to be about Jughead's plotline. It also, can also be whatever Tabitha's plotline. But you're absolutely right; it logistically takes her out from behind the counter. Also, it's what's nice is it it's a mentor figure uh, for Tabitha. Uh, to try to kind of maybe get some sense talk to him. Like, why are you dating this guy who just like only makes out with you when he, you guys are burning a place down? You know what I mean? Well, it also hopefully leads to the thing that everybody has been demanding, which is hashtag Papa Nana finally happening. Nana Rose oh. big in this episode. Pop back. I think season Don't six is going to be their season. put those two together. Don't put those two together. And if there's nothing Pop can I do took better a- than Nana. Pop looks amazing right now, first off. Second mm-hmm. off, I, if there's anything I took away from this episode is that Nana's ready to date. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's ready to get back out there. <laughs> yeah. That was my big takeaway from her plotline, oh, too. No, I, she, I do. She's ready to we, make some moves. Before it gets too crazy, I just want to say seeing Pop was just so much fun. It was hilarious, the shirt. But it was just such a cool, like, hey, this isn't all going to be bad. Like... Uh, you, you probably are crushed right now because of all the other choices we're making. But one little piece of hope is that, hey, guess what? Pops is going to be back. So that was that's excited. good. That's a little something for Pete. Mm-hmm. I, I ship Pete Pop. Ooh. Should we move on and talk about Cheryl's storyline? Sure. Um, we've sort of opened the uh, door. So yes, the, the wind has opened hell. the door. The, yeah. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, this was wild. This whole well, thing. it's clear that Cheryl's being played by, uh, you know, Nana there. So played by no, no, not yeah. Nana first was of like, all, oh, you want to hear a story? I love, fucking wind you I up, love Cheryl. That we've had multiple instances this season of people being like, hey, I found this incredibly weird dead body. What's going on? And Nana's like, oh, that one. <laughs> yeah, oh, that. <laughs> I got the story she, for that one. Oh, that. She's hey, got a running list just, of yeah. Corpses. Let me just go to the graph. Oh, at this oh, point, somebody one. just needs to be like, how many more of these are there? Could you just run down yeah. every dead body that's hidden somewhere exactly. in Riverdale? So we can hey, get Nana Rose, maybe let's open it up a little bit when it comes to the corpses here. So yeah. we could just get also, it on the, if on the schedule. Betty is on the FBI, like, Betty, why wouldn't you just pull in uh, Nana Rose and be like, okay, let's go through this. Let's go so through this. So there's almost two halves to what happens here. There's the first half, which is very fun with Britta and Cheryl mining. Britta mining while Cheryl is doing her makeup. And they're just like... Britta's like, no problem. It'll be good for my football. I'm the new Archie. Let's go. Yeah, and, very fun. And then Cheryl mining, then finding the bones, Nana telling the whole story. And then there's what Cheryl does afterwards. So I just can't believe nobody's like, hey, guys, we shouldn't give children to Cheryl. Like, I don't know why this decision Britta was okay. It. but This is the best thing that's ever happened to Britta, other oh than shop God. class, I think. Yeah, but it's if... Anybody else could look at this situation and be like, this isn't good for Britta. Britta's not being raised in a good environment. Are right? you kidding? This is going to be amazing on her college resume. She's going to put... She's going to have black lung is what she's going to have. She's going to have problems breathing. <laughs> it's going to be Palladium a fucking lung. rock That's great. That's her essay Britta. right there. I got black lung being a biter for my wards, uh, my ward holder. I don't know what that's called. Ministry. Wow. <laughs> what just happened? I'll figure it out after... Um, whatever those kids that I'm taking care of. What? Don't fall. You, the kids that I regifted you? I, yes. I got Thank you for taking them out. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for giving them back to me. Yeah, yeah. I de-gifted them to you. I was like, no, sorry, dude. 
My kid plates full. Um, I first off, I think when it comes to Nana Rose, I gotta say, let's bring back Tales from the Crypt. That's basically yeah. what she's doing here. She's the full-on crypt keeper. She's like, yep. hey, I got a story for you. Gather around. Gather around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I love this. Just to lay out some details, it's Abigail Blossom in 1890. Thornhill was a girl's school. Uh, everybody else in the town wanted the Palladium under the Blossom Groves. Uh, a mob came there, said she was a witch, burned her at the stake. We get to see everybody in flashback. So... Madeline Patch is playing Abigail Blossom. And then we Very meet cool. Archibald Andrews, Jedediah Jones, and Beatrice Cooper, who seems to be loving it. She loves watching She's Abigail get burned. Very well dressed for a burning, may I say. And very similar to a lot of the other magic that we've seen from Cheryl this season, the mind collapsed and everybody said, oh, it was definitely Abigail's curse that did that. It entombed everybody there and left them as the forgotten. That's the bones that are under that they find in the mine. And we get the same sort of thing later where Cheryl reads this curse. And then there's a big wind that was not on the weather report. As we hear, yes. and like, I'm always watching the weather for wind. Mm-hmm. Like, are we going to get it? How many gusts I got coming my way? <laughs> <laughs> but as usual with Riverdale, I know we're going on to full on horror in the next season, but I still think they walk the line really nicely here in terms of, is it magic? Probably not. Probably just coincidence. But it's no, definitely it skirting it. Well, and that's what I love about this. I know other show goes this hard, pushes the reality this far without ever crossing, going too far. And it's so, you have to be so careful finding that line. And I thought this was just really cool. Like the fact that the, the sort of core three uh, now, if we're going to call them that, have a legitimate curse on them is going to be a problem, especially yeah. when two of, two of them um, are in a relationship. That's a double curse. It's a double I curse. I love the moment when Cheryl comes in and accuses them and is like, you got to apologize for my family for this thing that I found out about five minutes ago. And now yeah. this is my entire life. And the only thing I care about that right. Veronica reads the diary is like, so just to be clear, I'm not involved at all. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> she was just looking for her name. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, okay, we're good. Also, I mean, like you couldn't take five seconds to just say you're sorry, instead of just dismissing Cheryl and bringing a curse upon yourself. Like when Cheryl, I, Cheryl storms in, you drop what you're doing. Cause I'll Otherwise, Cheryl's you know, gonna make I'm you pay. With you, Pete. You, they know Cheryl at this point. They know what's yes. gonna happen. They could have gotten ahead of this. Just granted, everything Cheryl is doing in the middle part of what we're talking here is absolute nonsense. Like classic Cheryl nonsense, running in and demanding things and whatever. Yep. But you know Cheryl, and you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We apologize. Uh, we're your family. We'll put up a exactly. statue or whatever. Yeah, just, just say, get, yeah, ahead, Cheryl, get you're ahead right. of the problem. You're right, point. Cheryl. Yeah. I, we're sorry. And there you go. Boom. Sorry, guys. I'm not with you on this one. Cheryl comes in when they're trying to do some important stuff. And they're like, hey, I found a dusty old thing from Nana Rose. You know, my grandmother who's um, wildly off of reality. And I need this to be spoken to. They're like, Cheryl, the way Veronica, I think, it looks at her and is like, Cheryl, what are you talking about? Oh, get out of here. Betty, Betty, Betty. There's a very funny pause there where Cheryl comes in. Yeah. lays it out and then he's like what <laughs> yeah I know it's so good and I, I'm with them I'm with the core four here get out it's, of here Cheryl <laughs> you don't but that's Cheryl you yeah. are used to Cheryl it's not new take the, five seconds and deal with Cheryl this is exactly what I'm saying I think you're both right here Justin there is no world where they should be dealing with what Cheryl is laying out there because it's bonkers but 
at the same time, like Pete is saying, you've dealt with this your entire lifetimes, basically. Yeah. Take the five minutes, apologize to her, and then move on to other business because now, now you're in fucking horror world. Yeah, exactly. On, you know? <laughs> now, <laughs> next, it's dot, dot, it's you don't apologize to Cheryl, dot, 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 now you're in midsummer. <laughs> also, <laughs> yeah. like, you've all gone to Cheryl for help, needed this unbelievable banshee who is an archer and controls elements. Like, are you out of your gourd? If she bursts into your office, yes, it's very inconvenient. The timing is awful, but she's just saying like, hey, I found out a bunch of your ancestor killed a bunch of mine. Could you just say you're sorry? Yes, we can. Oh, man, that's sorry to hear that. She goes back to crazy town. And where were we? Oh, right. Um, you're back there yet again when uh, Nana Rose is like, hey, did I tell you about um, all the people that died in this uh, railroad jackhammer uh, like <laughs> Yeti accident? And Cheryl's like, oh, I'm pissed about this. And uh, then Cheryl runs back. He's like, hey, the Yetis walk amongst us, guys. And they're like, OK, then you're apologizing to Cheryl nine times a year. Well, guess what? She's, you live with Cheryl. She is a part of your life. Then I you do I, it. I, I can't believe I'm siding this much with Pete on this, but I do think there is something to be said for the fact that Cheryl will drop absolutely everything at a moment's notice to help out Betty, help out Archie, help out Jughead sometimes, and granted, like you're saying, Justin, what she's asking for makes no sense whatsoever and is destructive to everything else that's going on, but again, take the extra couple of seconds and pay back a little bit because the trade-off there is Cheryl will help you out whatever, once every five episodes, you got to just own her exactly. nonsense and go with it and roll with it, and then you'll be fine. I mean, that's fair, but let's be honest. If they had apologized in that town, she's still reading that curse out loud at some point. You don't know that. Yeah, you got a full on curse, and she's very uh, reactive. If someone like, she's like, uh, Archie, I noticed your fire department was a little late uh, closing the fire hydrant on Thornhill. I just cursed you, kid. No, <laughs> dude, come on. Don't mess with my fire protection or whatever. Oh. Like, there's a when you got a curse in your pocket, you're gonna say it. it's burning your hole in your pocket. <laughs> you're got a curse. In I your did pocket. like the curse, and I liked Cheryl's reaction here at the end, which did seem a little mystified about everything. I thought that was interesting because, again, we get very angry Cheryl through the middle part of the episode, but at the end, it does feel like, ooh, what did I do? What exactly just happened? Yes. What did I and get I think myself that's, into here? I think that's important because I think Cheryl's going to feel guilty. She's going to blame herself for what happened, and I think she's going to feel bad about it. So, <laughs> it, rightly so, like, she did curse them, and a bunch of bad things are going to happen to them. And I also think if we're starting the season with its five-episode dip into full-on horror, this last segment sets it up super well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did really th- I want to just say that, like, Cheryl killed it as not only kind of like her crazy up to date now, but then her on a stake, like reading, like saying that curse, that kind of flashback was really unbelievable and really fantastic. Um, that was, uh, it was very cool to see. I mean, the other people just got cut like a couple of seconds and it was fun to be like, here's old school Jughead Jones and stuff like that. That was fun, but like really impressive acting. You know what also is really good on a steak is a little garlic butter. 
Oh, that's nice. That's what you were thinking the whole time? You <laughs> cold-hearted little bastard. <laughs> I said steak. You were like, mmm. Mm, steak. I guess I'm hungry. It's almost lunchtime. Yeah, yeah like hungry. Yeah, nothing like having a giant porterhouse steak for lunch. <laughs> Hell yeah, <laughs> Every dude. Day. Hi, Every Hiram day Lodge over here. Yeah. Huge pile of potatoes, some collard greens. Mmm. Yum. Wow. Pour you, butter on the whole thing, just swimming in you butter. Know, I'm starting to think you might be a bear. Yeah, maybe. It's possible. So... I feel like we probably covered all of the big plot lines in the episode. Nothing uh, else. Uh, 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 re- oh, is there something else? Oh, yeah. 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 The fact that like anybody else think it was weird that uh, Sheriff Keller was just back to being Sheriff Keller. And that was just like, no, I'm fine with that. I like him popping up every couple of episodes. Okay. Right, well, cool. the, I think there's one main one we have to cover is um, Jackson's uh, departure. Oh, yes. Uh, which mm-hmm. was uh, handled with Betty comes in and Archie's like, hey, you just missed Jackson. He left. <laughs> and, then he's, and then he's like, well, we'll probably see him again. <laughs> I was like, wow. Well, Sorry, you, buddy. All right. Thanks for doing it. But of course, the plot line we have to talk about is Where's Archie Toffee. Oh. Nope. I, oddly enough, we covered that first <laughs> in a show filled with very intense <laughs> happenings. We dove in first with mm-hmm. Where's Toffee. Yes. Um, we've got to talk. And I just use this phrase. Four, right? The Council I just, of Four. I just use this phrase because it's faster, but we have to talk about Barchi. And that doesn't mean that's not a, necessarily a ship name. That's just like a way of saying two names faster um, than when we could. So I don't want to waste any time. So we'll just say that Barchi is a thing that we should talk about because All it's right, strong. I should go. Uh, I'll just go if you guys want to. Justin, go well, ahead. How did you feel about the plot line? You've been a Barchi shipper forever. So how did you feel about this? Yeah. How did you feel about it? over the span of the season as well. Uh, across the season, it was a struggle. Well, well, I guess, I mean, like, in terms of a lot of people have talked about the structure here, how it happened with yeah. Barchi. Was it too fast, potentially, just shoving that into the last episode? Or did you feel like it Also, do you think it's really- weird that somebody says, we're just friends and I'm not feeling it, but then just, like, a couple weeks later, you, you can just feel it? I mean, that seems... No. That's a great question, Pete, and it dovetails perfectly with what Alex just asked because the season-long thing was we had very hot – uh, Barchi stuff at the top of the season, just like, and I don't mean that just in the the shower scene that we've all uh, known and loved and um, you know drawn sketched. Um, <laughs> it, they were they were burning hot and heavy just from a whole relationship point of view, and then all, Betty sort of descended into darkness, and she said, "Hey, I can't do this right now." I need to deal with all this. And I think that was accurate. And then she, she did. They all dealt with everything they needed to deal with. And the minute they see each other in this episode, you can tell it's on. The way they're looking at each other, it is 100% on. Everybody knows it. Veronica knows it in the scene between Betty, Betty and Veronica at the part at Betty's party. Veronica's like, yeah, Archie and I broke up. She's like, yeah, I'm going to New York. And Betty's like, yeah, I'm staying. And you see Veronica like, hmm. Man, <laughs> Barchi is happening. Uh, like you feel can, it. Can in I that just say one? Not to interrupt your monologue. I wanted it a little bit. Doesn't more have to from, be a monologue. Okay, I wanted a little bit more from Veronica and Betty. Honestly, uh, we haven't really gotten to yeah. see them talk at all this season. Yeah, they're great and together. It was nice seeing them together, but that it was more of this expositiony recap catch up scene. I wanted a little more out of it. That's all. But I know that's not with the Barchi thing, but. Just want to throw it out there. But I also think that's a hard scene to do right now because mm-hmm. it's, it's – in that moment, they're right in the middle. Like Veronica is going off to be with Reggie. Betty's going off to be with Archie. That scene need, really needs to come now. Like yeah. in season six is when we get that real scene. Um, 
Well, that's what I want. I mean, and I hope that does come. I hope we get, whether it is Betty and Veronica falling out or them being friends together again, it needs to be about them and about their relationship, which we haven't seen in a while versus the men in their life. Yeah. And I I agree with that. And unfortunately or unfortunately, that's sort of what's happening right now. So Mm. that will definitely be on the plate. But I agree with you. I would like to see them have... Uh, no matter what happens and if everyone sort of has a different role next season, if they can get together now and again and sort of still be friends, that'll be a great way of sort of rebalancing the core characters, mm-hmm. um, no matter what uh, wild things start happening. But anyway, back to my monologue and I'll, I'll take no more questions until I'm done. The uh, the way that it uh, comes together, Archie saves Riverdale. You see Archie being proud of Betty for getting joining, rejoining the FBI, opening the Riverdale. The surprise FBI party office. was sweet, very sweet, very sweet. That it, Archie sort of brought it in. You see them have share a nice look there, but everyone came out. Everyone seemed, despite all the wild things happening, genuinely super supportive of Betty. Yeah, that was real nice. Yeah, love the cake, great cake at that party. Oh yeah, that was adorable. Was I do that, think it, it. Did they play like Hawaii Five O music underneath that cake or something like that? Yeah, I didn't know what the reference. I felt like a reference, but I was like, "This music's coming on strong." Yes, I think but, the way it was Kevin who was parked out front, strapped to the front of a truck, just jamming on a guitar. Uh, you know what I mean, Mad Max style. Mm-hmm, uh, it's hard so, because I want to interrupt you, but you said no more interrupting you during your monologue. Just, so I was just kidding about that. Feel free to interrupt at any time. Okay. Uh, but what I what I did want to say though, and this is actually a good thing for you to uh, react to, maybe Pete. I just asked I if I could interrupt you. You said yes, and then you interrupted me. That's what I – yeah. Well, I'm that's not saying I'm not going to interrupt you. Uh, this is just my professional opinion. That's called a conversation. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely is on our podcast. The Jughead and Tabitha leave Betty's party early. We don't that's get any sort of Jughead – We don't get any sort of Jughead-Betty interaction there, which I well, thought was a missed opportunity. Well, that's the what I wanted to talk about. It, it's clear that Jughead was getting antsy and needed to leave because I think he was like, I can't be honest about my feelings about Betty or when what's going on. And probably seeing Archie and Betty together makes him sick. So he was like, let's get out of here. And the fact that Tabitha was cool with that was kind of like, oh, okay, I don't good. think them leaving had anything to do with Betty. Well, you, you shouldn't say that because you don't know. You haven't seen all of season six. You don't know what's going to go on. <laughs> sure. Let's loop back to this conversation at the end of season six good that seems like an important scene i think he just saw cake and thought italian food and wanted to get out of there as one is wanted that's but i think it's telling he loves food of all kinds cake first then italian food that's a risky choice my my (laughs) good stomach friend um i i just think it's very telling and something we've talked about a lot throughout the whole season Betty and Jughead haven't had much of a relationship in any way. They have not been feeding any they of the drama there. They came together there. to fucking solve the fucking crime that saved the fucking town. So go fuck yourself for saying well, that. That's that's a lot of swearing in a row. Uh, that <laughs> the <laughs> but I they did. But I obviously Jughead had a bad case of rat mouth that I think Betty never really recovered <laughs> from this season. No, but I, I do mean that seriously. Like they haven't really been relating mm-hmm. to each other in that way. There hasn't been any sort of like. Will they? Won't they? It's just been they won't, and I think in this scene we get more of that. I've just been surprised about that. for now. I'm, of course, I'm not saying this is a permanent thing. I just think it's an interesting that they haven't spoken to that at all. Um, yeah, I do think ultimately a lot of the scenes we got with Betty and Archie were really cute across this episode. Particularly seeing Betty happy was great. 
We yes. like she like you called out and like she calls out, she has not been happy this entire season. Yeah, she's but... been having an absolutely terrible time. So it's nice to see them happy together. I do think it's sweet. I think the uh, decision they make at the end where she says, hey, I want to try for real. It worries me a little bit coming off of two episodes where he's like, I want to move in and have babies with Veronica. Oh, she wants to move to New York. You know what? Never mind. We're broken up. It's all good. Then going over to Betty. But that's the whiplash of Riverdale. That's what happens. That's literally what Archie is and always has been and probably yes. always will be because we're, we're going to see it go back and forth again. But I just just to talk about a little bit more, um, Archie and Betty in the sort of second to last scene. Should we be worried about Cheryl? Uh, I don't know. What are you doing tonight? What are you doing tonight? And then we see them. They're hanging out. They're giddy. I always worry about Cheryl. You can't just push Cheryl aside like that. Uh, you can if you got something else to do, and that something else is a little thing called Barchi appointment. I mean, viewing. they were hitting it pretty right. hard from the first seed in the bar. I was like, oh, yeah. this, is, this is happening, and then they this is happening. The speech. There's a very specific cut there. I wrote it down. I'm not finding it right now, but she says something about, "Thank you so much. I love all of you." And, and then looks back the at Archie. Yeah, at the yeah. word love, it cuts to Archie smiling. So yeah. again, I was like, okay, this is definitely happening. And then, of course, they do go for it. They have this very nice look at each other at the end of the episode when they're in bed together. It's a little hard to tell whether that is them, you know, just looking at each other's eyes and feeling the weight of the moment or listening to a bomb ticking. But otherwise, either it way, it worked for me. Um, and it's sad that they're both dead now. Yeah, it is sad. <laughs> uh, but also, I wanted to talk about the phone call that Betty got. Um, that was from Toffee. Uh, no, I wish. Well, are you, well, if, with your theory, yeah, oh, are you yeah. shipping that instead of Barchi? <laughs> no, it was just <laughs> Betty in the trash bag. <laughs> it was just. It was just interesting. It was interesting that the uh, trash bag killer was so up to date on, uh, you know, like. Current information, like the fact that the trash bag killer knows the fact that Betty got the job. I mean, I haven't done any voice analysis or anything like that, but that is 100% Glenn, right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, definitely. We got to see Glenn without his shirt on and be like, Mm -hmm. oh, that dude's loves blood. blood. (laughs) Yeah. The... It was pretty gross. That was a little. It was. I wasn't sure what the face was going to be like, but when they showed that, it was like, all right. I well, love that. I thought yeah. that was a really good scene and a really good tease. Whether they are going to go for the five episode event is Trash Bag Killer coming to Riverdale and stalking it like a slasher, or if they do it later on in season six. It's cool to have these really disturbing, ongoing villains like this, and I'm excited to see it uh, them go face to face. And then it's the, funny how you pivoted, by the way, from Barchi to the trash bag killer. Well, but also like it was so yeah, creepy that when he was pivot. talking, you could like hear the trash bag. Like that was such an interesting kind of like character choice that was extra creepy. I thought, yeah. But ultimately, what do you guys think? Is is Barchi obviously they're going to survive? Are they actually going to go Ooh. for it this time, or is it going to be like? We're going to come in on season six and they're going to say, hey, uh, now that we almost survived that bomb, I guess maybe we should put things on hold and go for other relationships at this point. Because I feel like that's what the show has done with this pattern. I would rather they just go for it and let them date for a while and let them see how it works as a relationship or not, but actually explore it. Ooh, and I this hope is they Riverdale. There's no fucking time for that kind of shit. Sorry, but this, is, burned, this is burned a bunch, man. 
we've been uh, burned. Like there's been a tiny bomb underneath our collective beds for four seasons, um, uh, not five seasons. But now I think we're ready for Barchydale, and that's what we're getting into right now. The little relationship with Pep. Nice. Before we talk about season six, because obviously there's a lot of stuff that we haven't even necessarily touched on in terms of cliffhangers and twists and things. Are there any other moments that either of you guys want to call out from the episode? Um, Uh, I did. I do like um, Reggie and Veronica together. I'm just worried about what that means for the town. Um, But they are. I do think they work good together. Two great moments with them that I don't think we've mentioned. One, when Reggie comes in and says that he failed the test. And she's like, all right, well, you can try again. And he's like, or (laughs) or we can set up a casino, which is a completely random, unconnected thing. And I love Veronica's reaction there to being like, what are you? What is happening? Where did that come from? I think he doesn't think he could do it. Like, I think he realizes like, man, I bombed this test. Maybe I can't do mm-hmm. make New York work. And she was kind of like, I'm what's really betting on you and me in New York. And I also love the follow by lead moment where Veronica at the council is like, don't worry, I got this. Hey, guys, I know you just set up the town of Riverdale, but what if we start a casino? Uh, am I putting the cart before the horse? And it's like, yes, you are putting the cart before the horse. What are you doing right now? Uh, and then that leads into the ludicrous child labor thing of having a bunch of kids working in a boiler room. Also classic Veronica to stack businesses on top of each other by having a boiler room in front of the casino. Very fun. I just think they need to work on their sales pitch. If they're like, Hey, do you want Riverdale to be like, Atlantic City. City? Yeah, I yeah, know. I was like, <laughs> like that's uh, a tough. Uh, nobody wants that's that. the most Hiram plan of anything I've heard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, overall, good stuff. Good episode. Excited about the ending. Good cliffhanger. Like, very classic. Bomb explodes. You don't know who lived or died. And like, Love it. I believe Pete called out the shot in the background of just the fire burning in Riverdale. You don't know where it's left. I thought that was very cool. Also, Real quick call out, just because I remembered different Riverdale titles, which I thought was neat right at the beginning. Yes, we didn't get a full cut to title. It was the title uh, came on Burning uh, Pop's Chocolate Shop, which I thought was cool. It was very cool. And I think also potentially foreshadowing for what happens at the end of the episode, potentially. Um, Uh, Smoke. Where there's smoke, there's fire. With season five in the rearview mirror, it is time to turn our attention to season six. Now, we've done a fair amount of speculation about what is going to come in season six, but let's lay out some big points here. First of all, we know it's going to be a five episode event. It's going to be broadcast over the course of five weeks. They pushed it back a little bit to give everybody a little space for COVID shooting. That takes longer. Please keep everybody safe, but it should wrap up at about the same time that it usually does in December. There won't be any necessarily different there and then it'll pick up with the rest of season six next year. However, this five episode event is being called Rivervale. There's been a lot of speculation Mm. about it. Is it an AU? Is it an alternate universe? Is it in canon? What exactly is happening? Certainly, I'm sure we could speculate about what is going to come after that bomb right in the finale. A bombshell. A literal bombshell. But we should talk about a crucial piece of information that actually just dropped today that heavily affects what's going to happen in season six, which is in the fourth episode, Kiernan Shipka is going to show up as Sabrina Spellman. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Which that is changes a lot. That definitely changes a lot. Raises it gives a lot me of questions. Hope. 
Uh, I want to read some stuff. Uh, there was a great picture that Warner Brothers dropped of Kiernan Shipka sitting on one of the little director's chairs that said Sabrina Spellman and Riverdale to tease the whole thing. Um, also, I believe our friends at the dip were the first ones to break this. Evan Kyle, one of the writers, was chatting last night with our friend Macy from No Context Riverdale and uh, just casually dropped this information, which led to a flurry of confirmations from folks. But to read a quote from Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa about the crossover uh, that was sent over by Warner Brothers. We've been talking about having Sabrina visit Riverdale since season one, so it's thrilling that it's finally happening as part of our Rivervale special events, said Aguirre-Sacasa. It's also perfect that she shows up to help Cheryl blossom during her hour of greatest need. Everyone Whoa. on set lost their minds. I think fans will too. It's really fun and special. And on more details, uh, the episode is called The Witching Hours. And Cheryl is performing a dangerous spell, one that may Reverse mean the difference the between life and death for a beloved member of the Blossom family. Luckily, she's getting much-needed assist from everybody's favorite 20-something witch, the iconic Sabrina Spellman, played by Kieran Shipka, visiting from Greendale in this year's In the Making crossover. So, like you were saying, Justin, this changes a lot in terms of yeah, these two shows. Justin. <laughs> these two shows get ready for Barchi to break up Justin get no, ready what are you talking about that's not what this is no that's absolutely not what this Archie's is Archie's gonna be like what but something the question new? becomes something, we talk, something that we talk a lot about and we've already talked about on the podcast is that Riverdale always walks this line with not quite being magic so the question is Sabrina comes in Cheryl is performing a spell are we breaking that barrier is this actual magic, magic is real. or are they still going to skirt the line in some way well they've done such a great job throughout the series of skirting this line so i would be surprised if they're going to fully break it because how do you come back from that that's why i think this is going to be a, like they've said it's a contained event um one thing that maybe the sabrina news shakes up i had the i the thought that maybe um, in, in light of the bomb, this is like a, a fantasy that um, that Betty and Archie are having in their comatose state. Uh, but I sort of, or the, this is a uh, a five part horror movie f- focusing on the trash bag killer. Mm-hmm. Definitely could be a part of that. I think that gives uh, our core team stuff to deal with at the same time that Cheryl's dealing with some straight up magic. But I don't know. The fact that Sabrina's going to be there makes me feel like it is a dip into this magical world how we get there i have no idea but sabrina makes it valid that's i actually think sabrina showing up and potentially spells and magic points more to what you're saying that we're left hanging about whether betty and archie are alive after this bomb and we do enter some sort of au dream state don't know exactly what's happening type thing but as another possibility i think it's called rivervale that could just point to Cheryl has incorporated her old town, changed one of the letters, and that's what's going on there. Smart. And we've seen in the comics, the Archie comics that have been published over the past couple of years, they've skirted the line with Sabrina really well in the main Archie comics, where it's not totally clear whether she's casting magic spells. She's certainly winking about it a lot in the books, but they also never really break the reality there versus the straight-up Sabrina books that actually do get into magic. So... There are there are ways of keeping that reality. She could be like, I know some things about spells, and then maybe they're casting magic, maybe they're not, versus what we saw in Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. You could also end it with sort of a wink, like, did you do magic, Cheryl? Wink. And then Ooh. Sabrina mm-hmm. goes off. Or maybe Winks invalidate everything. 100%. Or, 
Or Wink. maybe Cheryl just has Wink. like a kind of a, a fever dream or something, and then Sabrina shows up, and it's a wink to us who have been watching Sabrina and missing Sabrina. You know? As long as there's a wink involved, I'm going to be happy. I okay. love winks. Or even, or even a blink. Oh, that's two winks. I love that even more. Yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> or a uh, thrink. What? Oh, with your third eye, with your third eye, oh. your third eye like internally. Yes. Wow. Exactly I do. Right. Whatever happens, it's going to be very interesting to watch how much they do delve into magic here or not. Um, I'm very excited to see Kieran and Shipka on it. I think she's going yes. to be a great addition to the cast. I'm glad they worked that out. You know? I, I, yeah. I uh, this kind of river veil thing uh, does make me think there's going to be uh, either kind of like a horror kind of arc that we go through a little bit or just kind of because of Cheryl's new like power structure, uh, you know, maybe she has to kind of uh, uh, try to go get, uh, you know, meet up with Sabrina and get some uh, magical powers, which would be amazing. But if it's only one episode, that makes me think it's just going to be kind of a blink or a wink or, or a thrink. But uh, it could be a thrink. But I do think maybe the um, she's trying to, she curses our main characters. I think she's going to feel some guilt about that. Mm-hmm. And maybe Sabrina. Cheryl? Yeah. Uh, huh. They're her friends. She's mad at them in this episode, but in the future, she may regret a straight up curse. Like, I wish you regretted the curse you put on me a little bit more, P, because honestly, never. It's a bummer. Not I'm about to day. get a traffic ticket. There is one Good. other detail, which I think this is a pretty easy mystery to solve, but the spell that they're casting means the difference between life and death for a beloved member of the Blossom family. That's sort of limited in your choices there. Nana, right? Nana Rose, yep. Uh, Nana, I mean, it could be about bringing Jason back. That's also Or somebody who lives in the wall. Could you imagine? That, that would be the craziest of all possible worlds if this was a five-episode event to bring Jason back to life. And that wow. stuck. That would be nuts. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to have any lasting effects of this five-episode arc. Uh, I do think... The fact that it makes a lot of sense why Thornhill uh, was pushed out of Riverdale. Now it exists outside of Riverdale. It can be a little bit more magical. And then maybe it comes back into the fold and is once again not magical. I think that even though that oh, seems that like a small sad. choice, even though that seems like a small choice, I think it does help. It could protect it from breaking that barrier too hard between magic and reality. Whatever it is, very excited to see Kieran Shipka showing up. Very excited for season yeah. six. And obviously, we're going to be talking a lot more about all of this speculation before we wrap up here though we should talk about who is the mvp of the episode and also the mvp of the season yes pete over to you mvp of the episode and then mvp of the season um well i think that (laughs) the episode uh to me really belongs to uh cheryl i was really impressed with her acting and uh, the flashback, and it'll be interesting to see. I'm hoping we can kind of pull her out of her madness so that she can be good enough for Tony again. Um, so she's my, uh, but as far as the season, you got to say Betty. Uh, no, no reason. Nice. Just There's no reason. I mean, you know, she saves the day nine times out of ten. So you can't. Mm-hmm. Justin, what about you? Episode and season. Um, it's a tough one, especially in a season uh, and episode that was so balanced and so even handed with everybody. Um, I think for the episode, just since it was his last, I got to give it up for Hiram here. Uh, great villain, great work. Um, got to play the biggest 
wildest villain um, on TV at different parts, and then a very focused, uh, like, uh, villain that you feel a little bit of sympathy for in the flashback episode we had this season. So I think it was great to see him go out um, with a, a real strong ass. Uh, and then I guess for the for the season, uh, for the season, um, a lot like Pete, I got to give it up for Betty. Mm-hmm. Um I thought just from the this was a hard season for the character of Betty and uh, seeing her go through so much. I thought uh, Lily Reinhardt played everything really well. And then the the next to normal episode, I thought was just really, really great. And the fact that she's the um, the B in Barchi is very, very. Oh, exciting. you. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, so I, I've been looking forward to that Awful. portion of this story for quite some time. And the fact that what we got at the top of the season uh, is going to I'm very excited to move forward with that in a season six or uh, as I'm calling it, season six. (laughs) <laughs> you're a horrible winner. You I are just give it up for, uh, no winners <laughs> in losers. You're here. such a horrible winner. You're, there's nothing worse than a horrible winner. Like you finally get something, and then you're the worst. You're the effing worst, man. You, you. What are you talking about? I'm not the, a winner here. This, this show, we're just what, viewers of this show. You're, you love Bughead. You've had a long time in Bughead world, and so now it's time to dance to do the Barchi dance. And I'm going to be doing that Barchi dance wasn't until this mid bad around you. I wasn't gloating and doing stuff like this. I'm not rubbing it in your face. I'm, it seems I'm, like you are. No, it's just your face is closest to my <laughs> celebration. I am going to give it up for Veronica in this episode, who I think nice. continues to make some really big, interesting moves. I like this direction. I, it makes me nervous what? about the character and what's going to happen with her if she is going to go full on villain. But Camila Mendes is playing it so well. I thought she was so good in this episode. And there were so many good individual scenes with her that were in, interesting to watch. And overall for the season, even though she was gone for a little bit, I'm going to give it up for Tony. This was hashtag Tony Dale straight through this season. Love seeing her come to the forefront. Love seeing her make some big moves. Didn't love where the relationships ended up. And I'm still hopeful in my heart for Shoney to pay off maybe in season I, six or beyond. I think what I think what we talked about at the beginning of this season was uh, Cheryl's not ready to have a, an adult relationship with Tony and she's gotten less ready <laughs> <laughs> if possible. So, and the fact that Tony is, uh, is over with fangs now and they're doing that. I don't like we've said all, ep- all episode, this is not the end. I do think uh, Shoney Chopaz is uh end game for those characters, but Cheryl's got to dig herself Cheryl's out of some real. Right <laughs> yeah. But I think what Tony has gotten to do is so great. The emotional beats have been so great. It was so exciting to see her come in after the time jump and really make some big moves and be part of the group. No longer to the side. She is a crucial member of the cast and the show. And that's been so cool to see over the course of this season. And folks, that is it for this week's podcast. Listen, we're going to be back obviously very soon with Riverdale season six, we are going to try to get some other things in there in the meantime. So stay tuned to your yeah, feeds for those special apps, special apps. But if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show. Uh, Riverdale after on Twitter, Riverdale dark mm-hmm. on Instagram, Riverdale after dark. 
Dark on Facebook, uh, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast, and many more. Oh, I got it wrong again. Riverdale Dark on Twitter, Riverdale After on Instagram. That's fine. Good branding is what I'm talking about. But hey, guess what? We'll see you next time after dark. Pete, did you want to have the last word? Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, if you're not happy about what's going on, you hang in there, okay? You hang in there. That's really nice. Barchi for life. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.